0: Hey, this is Fabien Cousteau, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really.
1: Evil Shenanigans.
2: I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. (laughs) friends, it's good to be back, it's
1: good to be back, and uh, and Mike How. I'm doing well, why do we keep saying it's good to be back when we keep on taking about four weeks off between shows?
2: I don't know, and each each time we get yeah. back, I'm like, we're finally back, and we're back on schedule, and something happens, like explosive diarrhea, or trips mm-hmm. to Germany, and, and, and whatnot, and then things, and then it always seems to be about two weeks, two and a half weeks be, between episodes.
1: Yeah, and what country is your wife in now? Zimbabwe, I'm gonna guess. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about where she is. Oh,
2: maybe, maybe oh. I just left her in Germany.
1: Where in the world is Alexander Brandon?
2: But anyway, we we uh, we we hope to be we have to we hope to be back here and, and back on regular schedule. We do have some interviews in can so. Uh, it seems like life is finally slowing down. No vacations. No, uh, no uh, moving into houses. No, hopefully no sickness. Um, <laughs> although I have a funny story about that. Um, but it seems like we, are, it seems like we're finally, finally back here, Mike. I wanted to start the show today. Um, a fan of the show. Um, What's good, that? Our good friend Harry sent me this. He said I set this reminder in my, fro- in my phone. So he has set a reminder off of uh, one of our episodes Um, from one of your episodes months ago. If this jogs your memory, can you please ask your co-pilot about it? Um, and again, oh, I'm
1: the co-pilot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got uh, a new title and everything.
2: Uh, great. Now you're an aviator. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, we're going to need a new T-shirt there, Groovy Joe. Uh, just, just set it up or just get the marker, scrape out, like something like ladle guy or something like that. Everybody forgot that one.
2: It was not Groovy Joe. It was a di- different fan. Um, I, I I'll reveal that in a second. Mike, any clue of what someone would be put a reminder in to ask you about? A reminder
1: in like, their phone that would mean i would have to remember the show and mm-hmm. that's clearly not one of my best uh attributes nope. uh of what i bring to the show it's it's basically i just put a new image in my in my brain every week and it's just like i forget everything mm-hmm. well, what's that show uh is it severance that one where it's like they go to work and they forget everything in home life and vice versa when they leave never saw it so you i'm just gonna say yeah that sounds about right it's on apple tv so none of us can watch
2: it (laughs) we're not all
1: we're not all big ballers over over here you
2: know what are they like six dollars a month something like that
1: something like that i don't know i, mean, I, I gotta invest the money in the disney plus so i don't have to watch commercials so. well
2: any any clue what the reminder might be what what would someone want to know it, that happened in your life it's about you
1: something in my life
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: it can't be the new doggie that was already no no this was recently.
2: months months ago somebody somebody literally Honestly. took the task to put their re- google reminder in their phone Okay. And say, ask Scott to ask Berlu about this.
1: So wait, your friend sends a message to say, ask Scott?
2: Yeah. Before it's, he asked me? It, I will show you in a minute, but it says, ask Scott if Berlu blank. And he sends it for a reminder at today at 3 p.m. <laughs> Is that your thinking music?
1: No, uh, that was the match game.
2: Okay. It, no. The 70s? Uh-huh. You, you clearly don't know about classic. I mean, I know the match game. I didn't know that it just comes to you randomly when you think about things.
1: Yeah. Uh, every kind of random TV shows like that. Like, you'll just bring up a I'll be like Mama's Family. So you're like, who did
2: this? And you're like, bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. bum, bum. I mean, that wasn't a theme song, bum, but I kind
1: of dig it. I mean, you got kind of like a 70s cop show going. Yeah,
2: isn't that... um. Uh, what's the name of the cop show that's been on forever? Chips? No. Um, yeah, I don't know. The cop show uh, in
1: Law and I'm Order. because I have no clue what the next question is going to be. Isn't
2: that Law and Order? Bum, 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 bum. Bum,
1: bum, 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 Boom! <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's got that. <laughs> hey,
2: man, I, th- I think it does. That's it. I'm looking up Law and Order. But any, any clues? Yeah that you 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 have or you were just absolutely clueless
1: uh uh, well as usual i'll i'll say give me the answer (laughs) scotty
2: yeah there it is
1: Uh, yeah yeah. see Uh
2: uh-huh yeah Yeah, mystery
1: adventure
2: that's verbal shenanigans. See, I told you it had a little... Meow, meow, or meow, 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 meow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so our friend Harry, who listens to the podcast quite often, asked to remind himself to ask Scott if Berlu actually
1: has a Disney bathroom at this
2: point. Uh,
1: the answer is no. What? It is still not a Disney bathroom. And I'm I'm going to oh, lower my voice. It's like, <laughs> upstairs. If I say... Anything with my usual voice, uh, she'll be screaming downstairs. What's she? Disney? Disney? What? Who's who's asking? Who, is the gas? Is the gas? Disney? Mm. What? What? But, uh, no. So uh, if uh, I happen to call your wife right now, she would say quote. she
2: would say bathroom is not Disney at the moment.
1: No, it's uh, it's been status quo mm. uh, since whatever episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's been brought up. I, I'm sure there have been some. Star Wars or things like that, but nothing has an acclimate where I can walk in a room and say, Beyond the Shabbat. Wait, 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 wait.
2: So you just say, I'm sure there has been some Star Wars. So you just go into Can and you like find a lightsaber or dark. You just brushed over that little little tidbit there. I see you've been trained in media relations here, Mike, uh, but it's not working here. Well, you just again, tried to like Bill I, Belichick. Here, you tried to Bill Belichick that answer,
1: Scott. If you want me to, I will take pictures of my bathroom and we'll put it on the Instagram uh-huh. to prove I do not have a Disney bathroom.
2: What exactly do you mean by the? There was a little Star Wars here and there,
1: like well, a droid comes in, brings you like, toilet paper. No, th- what happens is. As usual, anytime the wife goes out to like a thrift store or mm-hmm. any kind of memorabilia store and mm-hmm. buys something, for the most part, it acclimates her room. Sometimes it sneaks its <laughs> way into other places, but again, we have not. Had, oh, she's there. Oh, yes. Okay. She's, so, Kelly she's um, come here. Yeah, yeah. Come here, honey. My do- she let my dog down here, and we. Uh, we were talking podcast stuff. So, you're in the uh, clear. You're in the clear. And, and she has gone. She's looking at me, kind of querying. So she 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 might be asking questions after the show. But clearly, I I'll be saying that we were just listening to Law and Order SVU. Uh, just 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 so we do that. That was the the That's, title of the episode. That, yeah, we literally <laughs> played for an hour and a half, and we got ten million hits. Paid.
2: It's amazing. So so you're saying she went to a thrift store here and there. So. You said something show up. So what have you found in the bathroom that you've had to kick out? No,
1: no, there's nothing in the bathroom. But it'll be like she'll buy something, and then like magically, in the guest bedroom. Oh, that's where it ended up. Or I'll, I'll go into the kitchen, and it'll be like, oh, well, there it is, right there. So, again, we have not gone full mm-hmm. Disney. Now, let,
2: since we're on the topic, let's ch- let's check in about a couple things. Um, okay. Uh, a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, you bought some expensive lightsabers from from Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the usage of mm-hmm. them at this point, or are
1: they have they become wall decorations? Uh, they're still around. Like the wife loves them when somebody comes over and somebody brings up Star Wars. It's very handy, so she can just sprint to the room to bring them out right go them we haven't done any so this lightsaber. this isn't like oh we finished breakfast
2: you know what time it is let's have a duel and then, no, then we we'll go out no. okay okay
1: yeah she she was like super into it like when we first got them then some things started acting funky like she'll turn on the lightsaber and then it would make a noise and the the light oh, would go out oh and stuff like that for the price that so, you
2: paid that thing should work forever
1: well the thing is now we brought our lightsabers back on one of our trips you don't have you don't have to call tech support line they're like press 1
2: they are terrible they're
1: you remember how everybody hated when indians took over call centers today they're they're much much worse press 2 but um we took, a, we took him. We took back, and like, Izzy actually went up to him, like, "Hey, it's doing this," and they were cool. They actually like replace one of the parts on the insides. Like, I was just like there with my thing, and the guy kind of looked at it. And he's like, "That looks a little off." So let me take that, and they like replace the blade on it.
2: No, I'll oh, never get great. the power converters from the Tasha station. It, it's Tashi's.
1: Tashi. Tashi station. Tashi.
2: Sorry. Okay. It's
1: been a while. It's been a while.
2: It's been a while since I watched uh, episode four. You just
1: been re-watching Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, of course. All day long. So.
2: Okay. So now let's check in on the, the droids that you built. You built the droids for a while. How are they
1: holding up? Um, The one I think I got to bring back for them to kind of look oh, at. No. I won't turn on the one that's like the BB-8 one. The, uh, regular, the one that kind of looks like R2-D2. That's running fine or whatever we haven't done like daily droid races or anything <laughs> like that see but, i i uh, think the only way i would accept the disney bathroom is like
2: if r2 brought you toilet paper maybe brought you the newspaper not that we used him or your phone you know he's like here's your yeah. phone master um, yeah
1: it'd be awkward as c3po like a full-grown <laughs> I walked in the bathroom while you taking
2: a oh, Just that. some dude in a suit that you get from yeah. Disney for the price you pay? They're like, yeah, yeah, put a dude in a suit.
1: Master Yoda. It's like, get out of the room, C-3-4. <laughs> all right? Just leave, you little wuss.
2: I can say toilet paper in 3,000 <laughs> languages. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm, that's not good on Disney's part. Both your, both your big purchases are breaking down.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Disney those people were good enough when they like my wife brought it up like I said they replace the parts and it's working fine like me not even bringing it up or anything they're like that looks a little off and they replace it for free so they're good like that so I'll probably bring the uh, the one that's not working the droid kind of there just to like, have them take a look-see over and see this, this
2: is why they don't care because that involves a trip to Disney World and they know
1: <laughs> Fun fact, like um as we're coming up on the one in September, the wife is a little bit disney down. No. She well, what's basically happening no. is
2: Yeah. the You wanted the, she wanted a Disney shitter and wanted to go every month of the year and now it's finally it's finally fleeting.
1: Well, it boils down to I mean, this thing's we're not renewing the uh annual passes because it's mm-hmm. just crazy mm-hmm. expensive to keep up with it. Um the their current management, they're just everything is raising prices. Like you kinda like even like as she like joined like groups on Facebook and all that, you kinda and some of her regular friends that she talks with Disney you kind of see them just like melling out i i think it has a lot to do with them raising prices coming out of covid yeah man you, now you, you see behind the curtain a little COVID. bit see behind yeah, the everybody, curtain everybody going there out of covid where it's like you can't even get on a, a bad ride less 30 minutes mm. even their like their latest technologies where it's like oh this app will help you get a thing well i used to just like schedule this and then like i can go on this ride this time no 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 what you do is you you bought get the app and then yeah if you want to get uh in front of the line that's uh ten dollars but if you <laughs> want it for the extra fancy fancy ride yeah that we can't just do it for 10 bucks so that's 17 bucks on top of the 10 bucks on top of everybody else who wants to go with you so they've just been compounding the money thing they kind of gotten away from the whole we're just you know we're fairies we're <laughs> animated characters yeah. we're, capitalism you know, at its best right there right yeah so
2: once you, you see how the okay. sausage is made it's uh it's tough to go back you
1: know yeah i mean there will still be things that we do like um she wants to still visit our friend who lives in california and check out Disneyland. Does he does he point. have does he have ears and red pants? Well, well first off, her friend's a female.
2: Oh, no, do, more, does I'm she not. have a pink bow with polka dots on it? Well, yeah, but I was
1: trying to get to my second. <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but Yeah, we're gonna kind of do that. But there's and even like as we're doing our uh, anniversary little trip coming up. Now that we got uh, the two dogs, uh, we're actually. Renting a cabin in the mountains of Georgia. Oh, so see, we're that gonna be sounds nice. The dogs up there. We're going to do a little round. Oh, my God. We've been hobby. waiting. We've
2: been waiting for this Berlu to doodle come back. Waterfalls. Um, see, that sounds great cabin yeah. bring the dongs no disney no 12 dollar ice cream no uh no no picture package just going to see the sights enjoy the downtime you know be a couple yeah. like this this is what we've
1: been yeah. waiting for the only picture package i would have to pay for is if i run a red light. just you know? <laughs> be like smile mm-hmm. Act- Act like you're doing something else. Do something cool for the let, cops.
2: Let me text Harry. Put reminder in your phone. When do they return to Disney? Uh, <laughs> but uh
1: no. Yeah, yeah. Scott, uh, she renewed her love. Um, yeah, we, we, we got the extra extreme. <laughs> it, access, it's, uh, it's worse than ever. Tinkerbell's
2: yeah. in your room at all times
1: yeah there's apparently like a super secret canada uh, disney that we're going to now no uh, i don't even know where it is i think it's in winnipeg
2: <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah uh yeah so harry there's there's your answer thank you for for chiming in on the uh on the podcast knowing that you're that you're out there but uh no disney bathroom yet no disney bathroom yet so we'll, we'll check in you No,
1: know, i'm not crapping in uh, daisy's mouth yet nope. <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> I had to make it dra- to name the episode <laughs> <laughs> crapping in daisy's mouth
2: um but yeah i am i am back um if you if you hear me i don't sound like i'm underwater um i don't have a double ear infection um
1: that, that's a nice tie-in for the Ah, the remember like, that line
2: i like what you did there i i am uh i'm not traveling i have no house to sell or to buy um last week we were supposed to record and i got, I got hit with the uh well, actually, the night of recording, I get hit with just like the extreme fatigue, and then somewhere around like midnight one o'clock, I get hit with the with the poops and shits um coming rocking out of both ends and I even text Burlo next morning i'm like, "Well, I guess that makes sense why I was so exhausted because uh the uh, the next day I got hit with uh, some extreme
1: uh, 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 diarrhea and 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 puke." Yeah, because uh, Scott's lazy. He can't do two things at once, and that's why he's so tired. He's like, I can vomit, I can have diarrhea, but both. Come on now, yeah. I, I, you don't pay me enough for that, my yeah. friend.
2: Plus, you were a little upset. You're like, just just set up the equipment in the bathroom. We'll do it from the toilet. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know if our you listeners know, I'll fill want the that.
1: Ten minutes that you're vomiting, <laughs> but then you can start talking when you have the diarrhea. <laughs> it all evens out
2: um but uh no no coming back from germany uh so I, I i do foresee us being back pretty pretty solid here now but um i guess i'll, I'll go into a little bit of my, our germany trip before we get to our guest here now um friends of mine um which is this is a tie into the podcast surprisingly um and surprisingly into moving and surprisingly into the germany trip so this all comes full circle here now um years ago me and mike had a little um we did we tried to do like a a challenge a year long challenge um where we'd earn points i know you've heard us talk about this if you're listeners but if not i'm sorry you're going to have to hear it again um, where we would do different challenges and whatnot. One of the things Mike challenged me was to officiate a wedding. So, actually, one of the first things out of the at, right out the bat when we were when I was still inspired, <laughs> um, I, I went and got my uh, officiant uh, license, if you will, um, and it was basically like fifty dollars online. They send it to you, and you could officiate a wedding. So, years go by. That challenge didn't go too well. I still owe Mike a Medieval Times uh, dinner. Hopefully, he'll come up here one of these days. Are there Medieval Times by you? Or is it just uh, the Northeast? Uh.
1: I don't know if Southerners are into medieval times.
2: Oh, that. they're into medieval okay, times. Story. They're into they're into civil war times, but that's a different kind of restaurant. It's uh <laughs> Yeah, it's very awkward, you know. It's in
1: the middle of Atlanta and a lot of people don't like it.
2: Um So I get the officiant thing and years go by and a friend of mine. Um, I just jokingly said to him during a game of Monopoly that, uh, yeah, you're getting married. I could officiate your wedding. And they're like, really? months go by. And then during a game of Monopoly, they asked me to officiate their wedding. So I officiated their wedding. Now, during that time, we had become really good friends with people in our neighborhood. Uh, the girl is from Germany and the guy is from Pennsylvania, ended up getting engaged. Um, they also came to the wedding that I officiated Because they kind of became friends with my friends And long story short uh, During COVID um, There was like a travel ban Kind of into Germany So she could have She's very very close to her family Now she had gotten in She could have gotten into Germany Being unmarried But couldn't go out Like she would have to travel on her um, at that, I guess at that time Her fiance's uh,
1: passport perfect marriage that's that's the way you ease it into it you you have the wedding you Mm -hmm. have like the honeymoon you're like all right babe i'll see you in maybe three months you know yeah you still miss them and all you still get that romantic stuff from (laughs) first anniversary i mean yeah i think this is a win-win so um
2: they she becomes like covid kind of shut she sees her family like maybe once every three months she'll fly out to germany Or her family will fly in. Basically, like, quarterly. Like, she'll go twice a year, they'll come twice a year, essentially. Mm. During COVID, none of that was allowed. So, becoming homesick, they had to... Well, one, she had to cancel her wedding, like a lot of people did during COVID, and reschedule. But she wasn't allowed to go to Germany. So, she eventually came to a breaking point uh, where they were like, um, we're going to do a wedding in the backyard just to get married so we can actually travel and get back together together long story short she asked me to officiate their wedding and I did now so I officially married them technically and um, then they had to have a wedding for um, the American side of them for the husband he's from Pennsylvania so a lot of Americans a lot of Germans did end up coming so the American one was about two months ago and then they were going to have a third wedding in Germany uh, for the German side Mm. So, uh, you know Now, what's really ironic about all this Is, you might have heard me talking about this Over the last two months or so We're moving into a house Kind of taking a gamble on a house That we know has a lot of character Needs a lot of work But it just so happens to be next door (laughs) To this couple So it's literally neighbors Like the people we hang out all the time with Now we are now neighbors
1: yeah, the, the interrupt for a minute, it's kind of like, you know, how like the cartoons were like, like Fred and Barney, they grew up together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how on earth did they end up like living next to each other? Right. Actually, you're living the Flintstones dream, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, we got a little Flintstoney kind of action going on here for sure. Uh, so we, you know, part of the reason we moved, I, I, that's not a main reason, but it uh, was also contributed to the reason why we moved. We're like, you know what? We're gonna get this house. We know the neighbors. It has potential for, you know, if they have kids, for our kids to grow up together and whatnot. Now um so we went to Germany. Okay. Now the biggest um the biggest thing we were afraid of was traveling with a one and a half year old. Okay. But Mike is doing sign language to his wife. Well,
1: right you apparently butt dialed my wife. No, I, I, oh, I didn't butt dial her. I called her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he did call you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, no, I, he, I They were
1: trying to figure out if we had a Disney bathroom yet, and I declared not at this time and never. <laughs> and I will never be taking. Never. Yes, no, we are I'll, get, I'll, I'll just make sure Bob paycheck runs that show for a while, so you keep on getting sick with it. Don't worry, everyone. I'm gonna send you pictures of my toilets <laughs> to show the world. Yeah, when, once he, he clears, verbal shenanigans, Instagram, Berlus toilets, and all. Don't look inside of them, but
2: nothing Disney. When, once he clears out all the Disney stuff, he will uh, he, he, <laughs> he, he will put a picture up. But anyway, so I go to we uh, we you know the biggest anxiety of traveling with it, it, it when you have a kid is like how the hell are they gonna behave on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, like, pack toys and snacks and everything you can think of, and he's running like a maniac through Newark Airport. Like, when I tell you, like, we got through customs, and he's just sprinting around the airport just going, hello! And, like, now he knows, color, like, two colors. Everything according to him is red. So it doesn't matter. It could Ooh. be a blue shirt. What color is this? Red. Well, you know, yellow shirt, red. And then he recently learned yellow. But... The kid literally falls asleep at night and will be like "Yellow! Yellow!" and like it, it does not mean like the
1: color yellow. I think he just likes to say the word. All right. Are you going to get a bunch of VHSs of Hulk Hogan's matches so you can just freak his mind out and, like and just, just keep yellow come together look what happens brother. <laughs>
2: i mean we could we could go that approach that's fine i mean he's gonna have to learn about hulk hogan at some point i feel like these days that should be part of like the kindergarten curriculum
1: easily i mean your colors your one through tens and hulk hogan that's the only things your children need to. if, if
2: my children have to learn that donald trump was an american president uh-huh. And a TV show host and all that. There's no reason they can't they can't learn that
1: uh, Hulk Hogan defended America basically through yeah. all of the 80s. in in fact, instead of having sex education, it's just the history of the Gulf War and how Sergeant Slaughter. Betrayed the country and, and
2: <laughs> exactly, all. and uh, the, how the Iron Sheik was the biggest threat to American democracy for for several years there. And now he's the
1: greatest man on Twitter ever. <laughs> what were the? Uh, what were those things that he twisted? Oh, the around? Iranian clubs. <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah, yeah, They're like they're like actual. Uh, Al Snow was telling us. Yes, yes in fact, Al Snow.
2: Episode. Al Snow posted a picture recently of him getting a pair of them.
1: Yeah, but uh, the the gist of it is, I think it's like all bottom weight, like 80 pounds. So you just look at me like, oh, it's clubs, but the amount of wrist strength that you need to fling it Above your head as I'm doing the motion. Just imagine I have clubs in my hands.
2: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You look yeah. like you're clubbing alright. You look like you're at a club. Mm-mm. <laughs> that's how he would do it. First off, Bert, I doubt he's going mm, 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 mm while he's twisting. You don't clubs. know
1: the chic, my friend. Mm. Don't you question me. So like I
2: said, the biggest uh concern was him behaving and it didn't look good at the beginning. It didn't look good. But we get on the airplane, uh during takeoff, kid falls asleep, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this is amazing." Sleeps five and a half, close to six hours of the seven hour flight. In fact, there was an empty seat on the airplane behind us, like a, like where the bathroom was, the next section. There was like three seats empty, so I just let my wife lay down with the kid, and I went and just like sat and watched the movie or whatever. So flight there amazing so first check 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 the box we're like oh my god that's half half the battle now we get there and we're about three hours from where we need to be in in Germany now we walk now our friend is from like kind of like almost like the country in in Germany they're from a town called Buren which is like up near Dortmund Uh, so we get to customs and They're like, where are you going? We're like, Buren. Like, we thought that just like everyone would know where Buren is, you know? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, and we learned quickly that maybe Buren would be like saying like Avenel, New Jersey, you know, like, or Denville, New Jersey. Nobody, uh, like, we should have just said Munich, uh, Berlin, Dusseldorf. I don't know. And they're like, what are you here for? We're like, a friend's wedding. And they're like, where are you going? I'm like, Buren. And they're like, where is that? And we're like, now my wife starts chiming and She's like, oh, I think it's south. I'm like, no, 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 it's north. And uh, <laughs> he's just like giving us a look like like real real like German stone face look. Like, uh, yeah. like, yeah, you're not getting
1: into the country. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of somebody militant from Germany we can describe here. <laughs> hmm that's gonna be a tough <laughs> one continue
2: yeah story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so eventually we just shouted a name we're like uh Paderborn, which we know is like an airport that was near there and they're like oh Paderborn." okay and then he like deliberately like stamps the passports like real slow he's like one Two and then he like looks at our baby, like looks down. He's like, three. Enjoy Germany. Like it was really like a great. And uh, I think those people probably like they lose their mind after a while because they talk to so many people. They probably have fun with people, like especially Americans and stuff like that.
1: He's probably like your child. Don't look like a Buren child. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm gonna let you in. That that kid's not ready for Buren.
2: So we're lucky enough our friend picked us up from the airport and we drive. And now we get on the Autobahn. Now, everyone, Emerin's first impression of the Autobahn is like, okay, it's like the craziest road ever. And speed-wise, yeah. It, it's it's freaking fast it's it's ridiculously fast they all drive audi's bmw's mercedes uh volkswagens and they're some of most of a couple of them are like diesel powered um they fly
1: but there Your are everybody like, pick got a pickup and you guys are in the back holding on <laughs> for dear life gotcha <laughs> But
2: very organized, very organized. Like, there's no, like, if you pass in the right lane, like, you're a piece of shit. Like, you have to pass on the left. All the big trucks, like, just like Germany, organized, all the big trucks stay to the right. Um, and then if there's, like, a traffic jam, right? So, say there's an accident, they start to put up speed limits, like, 30, 40 miles before they they try to slow down so there's no traffic jams but i will say i was sitting in the back seat and my friend picked this up and first off it was really awesome she's like welcome to germany she's like you need a beer i'm like well i mean yes i need a beer um i'm like is this cool she's like oh yeah anybody in the car is allowed to drink in fact the drivers are allowed to have one beer um, I'm like oh okay and then I'm like well, I don't
1: have DWI stuff should be amazing you mm. know uh, uh, uh. Yeah. one beer buddy <laughs> yeah.
2: and then I'm like well I have no opener she's like well open it with a water bottle I'm like I don't know how to do that she's like what are you talking about she's like We all know how to open like we could open it with anything. And like and I'm sitting there like in the back, like being you know, of course the masculine side comes in like I'll get it open. And I'm sitting there with a key and I'm sitting there with the water, but couldn't get the beer open. At one point, I'm like, Can you open my beer? Meanwhile she's driving a hundred
1: like one forty just putting the hand back there. I'll do it you pesky American. She's driving like. She puts it in her mouth, spits out the cap.
2: Driving 130 miles an hour. Sure enough, she has a water bottle in the car, puts it between her lap, and goes. I'm like, how the hell? And they tried to teach me like these methods. Apparently, I'm just like too spastic or whatever to to quite figure this out. But.
1: On a quick side story, like, I think I remember a time I didn't have an opener and I was trying to open it with like a key. And, I, like, I had to go, like, each prong. Like, that's what I was doing. That's what I was and doing. It, and it took, like, three minutes, and I think I scraped my knuckle on it at one point.
2: <laughs> that's kind of so, what yeah,
1: I was doing. I won't be allowed in Germany either. Yeah.
2: yeah. So we, we finally get to our our destination, which is in Buren. Really beautiful uh, landscape. Tons of windmills. Uh, there's windmills everywhere in Germany. They uh, all got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. According to Trump, that's, like, the most dangerous place ever, you know. Um, yeah so we get to our destination everything's pretty cool um and i will say the germans i don't know if it's all germans but this Ger- german family that we know took care of us they they let us borrow a townhouse of a friend of theirs so we had a bathroom two rooms dining room uh they filled it with toys for my for my son uh, we get there and I, I will say uh, German food is good, but man Do they love Like pork products Whole, Like yeah. everything is just like Here's like, here's some bratwurst Here's some, schn- uh, you know, pork schnitzel Here's some, like we got there When we had gotten there, it was like a little after lunch So they had like breakfast stuff up And it was all just like <laughs> Lunch meat of just pork products like And then like bread and like So everything was like really Kind of like plain, and like after a while, you're kind of like, all eh, right. I would love some eggs and avocados and <laughs> and things Can like I that. Get some turkey. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no turkey mousse and moose, um, and I don't know. I made that word up, but uh, yeah. So we got there, and things are pretty good. Uh, but I am going to stop there in my tracks because I think it's time for our guest, and our guest is pretty, pretty special. I, I mean. I don't know how many pork products he comes across
1: in his line of work, but... Uh, I, I don't think they're where he explores, Scott. I don't think I so. I haven't heard of sea pigs, i got to be honest. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait,
2: way you hear the pitch of the movie I have coming out for CP- sea <laughs> <Yeah>, pigs. <yeah. laughs> sea pigs, you know, because you know how like uh, wild boar have become like kind of a nuisance in the United States? Mm-hmm. and we've just been multiplying so much yeah. well eventually they're going to multiply so much um that the food source runs out and where's the next place those pigs are going to go
1: mm. the sea okay. the sea see my thought process is we can go off of a bigger product and make our own product and then so we keep on having these problems with these shark nados, right? Right. Like, they're constantly happening. What would happened six, seven times? Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, the only way we're going to calm them down is to give them food. So we keep on throwing these pigs in the water. But eventually, these pigs are, like, they're no longer scared. Now they're fighting. Ah. Now they're, like, freaking vicious. And, all. like, we throw them in there. We're just growing their army. And just one day, it's like, oh, cute pigs coming out of <laughs> the ocean. Ain't that something? And it's just like, oh, my God.
2: So we caused a problem, as always. We just yeah, th- th- we uh, just, as just as throw always. too many pigs in. Yeah, and I can see, like, all the cool scenes of, like, a tusk going through the bottom of a boat. And they're like, what the hell is that? This is a shark. And they're like, no, I don't see a fin, Captain. I don't see a fin. I hear an Oink. <laughs> You know, and he's just like tearing the boat down. You know, like his little little like uh, spiral tail just floating above the water. I could see sea pigs being. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if Sharknado Seven can exist, sea pigs could be right behind it, easily, easily. <laughs> but anyway, what uh, were we doing? I don't, I,
1: oh, yeah, we had a guest.
2: Yeah, right? I like that we like we talk and then we bring on these like smart, intelligent. Well-thought-out, well-known people, and yet we're, we're here talking about sea pigs and pork and, uh, uh, before that, diarrhea. Uh, this is kind of the quality show you get here at Verbal Shenanigans. Scott,
1: our guests are the things that cleanse the palate. Like right. people get in, they're like, Oh, I don't know about this thing and then we get to the interview and we're like, Oh, this is pretty nice. This is educational. Yeah, this is wh- I'm funny. I'm kind of funny, I'm kinda enjoying. It.
2: Like what is that called minutes? on a, oh. an Italian wet like a menu intermezzo? Like it's like the gelato they give you in between or the Italian ice to cleanse your palate. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what our guests are.
1: Yeah. Our guest is gelato, ladies and gentlemen. Gelato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who we got? Yeah, uh, tonight we are talking with an ocean explorer. A conservationist, a TV personality. He has set world records for living underwater. He's examined hundreds of thousands of sea life like his father, Jean Michael, oh Jean Michel, and his grandfather, Jacques Cousteau. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He has followed in his family's footsteps, and tonight we had the pleasure of interviewing Fabian Cousteau.
2: Here is Fabian Cousteau
1: on the line. Fabian, thank you so much for giving us some time here today. How, you're in <laughs> New York City?
0: Uh, yeah, for the next few hours. Oh, okay. I got in about uh, 30 minutes ago, and I'll be gone in five hours.
1: All right. Where are you
0: headed? I'm going to France. I just got All in right. from uh, Nicaragua a couple of days ago.
1: Ooh, world traveler. Awesome. I, I guess the I was going to start the uh interview by kind of jokingly saying I, with a last name like Cousteau, how can you not go into oceanography and all that fun stuff but i was almost i've never
0: surprised. heard that before michael that's the first
1: yeah, <laughs> i know but that's why i was so surprised when i found out you were actually in marketing like when you were earlier and on what oh, when
0: i first started uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't really marketing but uh <laughs> I did. Uh, I did uh, go to college for environmental economics, uh, which makes made sense to a twenty year old's brain, right? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, having always spent time in the water and, and on the ocean on expeditions, having seen what, uh, especially back in those days, nonprofits, uh, uh not necessarily being efficient uh, economically. Uh, and And God knows nonprofits with uh with, with limited funds should be as efficient as possible um, to be able to do the maximum amount of good uh it It stood to reason at least in at that time in my life that hey I should learn a little bit about economics and and bridging the gap between environmental problems and and economic uh language uh, and uh that's that's what I did. Uh, and then I went into a whole different world, uh, just because I needed to pay my bills. Uh, a friend of mine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, reached out to me, and we went. Uh, he brought me into a a very strange world that I actually appreciate having taken a glimpse at, uh, which is um, uh, the world of interior design. So I was uh, uh, a uh, salesperson, or at least a sales manager of a team to uh to go and market uh high-end textiles for uh some of the world-renowned architects and interior designers that you may have uh heard of at some point
2: so so you weren't the guy who was like oh there should be a fish tank here and a a fish tank
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but a friend of mine actually does that and uh, he does some really awesome fish tanks (laughs) so so when you
2: like start to go into college from you know, you know, growing up with, with so much experience in the ocean and, you know, who your grandfather was, like, is, is it kind of like a drop-off in excitement in life or was it like a welcome, like, okay, this is a change I need? Because I feel like adventures and exploring, you go to college, all of a sudden you're in a, you know, in a classroom, in a textbook setting. Was that like a a, a hard adru- adjustment in your life or did you, were you very appreciative uh, of it?
0: So, <sighs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was I was kind of an ADD kid growing up, and I was probably uh, I think one of you is a is a professor, or maybe two both of you, uh, I was probably your worst nightmare because I was always staring out the window, uh, dreaming of the next expedition, the next adventure, and I wasn't really paying attention uh, as I should have been because I had some pretty fabulous teachers growing up um, throughout the the times that we'd moved, whether it was in France or the United States or what have you. There, you know, they. For the most part, they were very dedicated to what they were doing and, and the kids and everything else. So it, uh, it's on me. But um, I I never thought, uh, I, I never tired of, of the excitement of uh, going into the ocean. Right. Now, that said, uh, being an ever curious person, going and doing other things uh, is always fun and interesting and, and, and educational because I'm also well aware that a lot of people will never get a chance to people of the blue veneer will never get a chance to to see what the 99% of the world's living space is all about, and so um, it, it, it you can't speak on something if you don't if you haven't had some experience. Uh, I I don't think anyway. Right, uh, and it's um, it's really important that that if one's going to discuss you know environmental conservation or uh, you know, proactive movements or renewable energy or a- any of that stuff, that it relates back to the person you're talking to. Uh, and, you know, if, if I were only an ocean explorer my entire life, if I were only a conservationist my entire life, uh, I'd be missing most of the picture. I'd be missing most of the story, uh, most of the needs of the uh, of the person I was speaking with, uh, most of the challenges uh, the person that I'm speaking with is is having. So, you know, I apply a lot of this uh, approach to to the programs that we run through the Ocean Learning Center, which is it's not about conservation. It's about addressing the very real tangible needs of that person, that community, so that we can get to the conservation aspect and find a balance between the two. I guess that's where environmental uh, economics comes in handy. Right.
1: Now, uh, Your family has been on television for decades now and i have also <laughs> you're making
0: me feel old <laughs> oh,
1: not all of your family Almost just all... certain people yeah, <laughs> yeah all... dad you're old but uh
0: <laughs> three quarters uh, of a century <laughs> yeah
1: but uh like I, I was watching your ted talk and uh you, you were showing your uh show where you were um uh, observing sharks you got into this uh shark-shaped kind of submarine to kind of observe them and you showed the promo where it's just like oh my god these sharks are gonna be flying at us from left and right (laughs) how is the balance of like because you have a very serious you know we should look at conservation everything you do is amazing but at the same time you have to deal with the people it's like yeah, but I need fireworks in the background.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I look at myself as as the target audience, right? Someone who uh, has an attention span issue, someone who, uh, who uh, um, is um, easily distracted, et cetera, et cetera. And if if I'm if we're going to tell a story the story has to be enticing, it has to be something that's inviting on an adventure, something that it, it's a camp, you know, it, it's the age old campfire, get around the the, the fire and, and have s'mores and, and you know, have uh, lovely stories together. And, and if it's a good story, you'll remember. it. And so when you talk about sharks and the very real issues with sharks, uh, mostly shark conservation, how we've lost 90 percent of our sharks in the world because of overfishing because of certain the practices we have all over the world and the lack of respect for them, the lack of understanding. Um, it It's not something that's sexy to a lot of people. But if you can wrap that into a package that's sexy uh, and have them kind of fall in love with the subject matter, not necessarily the animal, but the subject matter, and, and think that uh, it's cool and interesting and, and at least gets their, pure, their curiosity peak, then you can talk about why it's so important. Why is this crazy Cousteau doing what he's doing? Why build a shark-shaped submarine? Right? <laughs> and and yeah. for us, the the shark-shaped submarine, which I call Troy, affectionately, per the, the Greek mythology of the Trojan horse, uh, is to get behind the scene right uh, to to get beyond that uh the, the the bubbling creatures in the cage throwing um all the uh chum and and um everything else at them uh to get them to do what we want them to do which is a gaping mouth you know biting at stuff and really learn what's in the mind what's in the the, the community of great white sharks and why that's so interesting why that's so fascinating and so you, you you know you go on an adventure and you you do it in ways that are different from others uh and hopefully it catches a few people's attention and they start talking about sharks and how cool sharks are and and then we realize that we we have a greater respect for those animals and that they are um, absolutely essential to the ecosystem in the ocean they're the they're they're the equivalent of, of the garbage men and women of cities right they keep the city clean right uh in this case the underwater cities so uh whether we like them or not uh we we have to understand that they are an integral part of uh, oceanic health uh, yeah. and they make for cool movies
2: yeah i mean you, you kind of leave me the a, a couple of things here you're talking about the advertising and, and making it sexy i i just uh I, I was turned on tv the other day and there was an advertisement for one of the sh- shark weeks or, or whatnot and it was little little john the rapper just going sharks, sharks shark 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, so <it> kind of <laughs> reminded me of that but my question to you is what i 'm seeing both both sides of kind of what you 're saying because there's I wanted to know what you thought of like these shark week programs and their shark everything for for a week and I want to know if you think it 's working um, as far as um, you know being more aware of you know the the, the value of of what sharks do like you 're talking, but then I see. In the, like here in new jersey i turned on the local news the other day and it was like another shark attack should beach beachgoers be be afraid like it, it it seemed like it was back to that old kind of like unaware uh let's sell the uh let's get the fear factor going again to kind of get people to watch mm-hmm. the program so it reminded me of two different things like do you find these shark weeks valuable and do you also see that same old school fear the shark fear the, uh kind of thing going on around the world
0: Yes, on both fronts. Uh, And this is an age old problem. Uh, The I think in today's world, thankfully, because of of social media and and platforms like this, we can reach a much broader audience, uh, which is great. Uh, And, and at least give them uh, the stories of the value and everything else. Uh, but we also like to be thrilled, we like to be scared, we like to think that we're not the apex predator and there's something to threaten us on this planet, which there isn't, uh, for bi- by and large, obviously, as, as, a, as a general rule. Uh, we're, we're actually the, the threat to everything else, uh, but we don't like to hear that. The, the problem is that newspapers need to sell air, they need to sell time, they need to sell their, their, their virtual or physical papers, and so stories like that sell. You know bad news sells yeah uh, if you look at statistics and statistics aren't sexy no one cares about statistics because they're they're not a cool story but you know you're talking about over 120 million sharks slaughtered every year versus less than 100 uh incidences not deaths but incidences worldwide per year of shark um, shark negative shark encounters uh 12 of those dozen of those or so are fatal now it's horrible for you know those folks around that person you know, friends, family, et cetera, but the reality is, I mean in terms of statistics you know you're you're thirty thousand times more likely to get uh killed by a coconut attack than you are a shark right uh, and, and, and I so... haven't seen
2: an- advertisements for Coconut Week yet on discovery
0: hey <laughs> <I know. laughs> that is exactly. something new. <laughs> <laughs> is he still alive maybe we should get him to host it <laughs> yeah but you're, you're right i mean you know it, that's exactly it right it's it's not sexy um bees etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean we're there's so many more threatening right. things than sharks but they're big creatures they're mysterious creatures they're in this watery world that we don't belong in but we love to splash around it and play in and all that so so yeah press oftentimes place at least in the in the headlines of course when you read the fine print they go oh but they're not a threat to human beings blah, blah, blah. um so yeah i mean there's, there's there's a lot still to be done even though we can reach a lot more people um and even though we have shows like uh, on shark week and, and 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 other channels as well um uh, we still haven't done a good enough job right. to reverse the course that we've uh set
2: yeah i was wondering if you saw any correlation between all this programming and actual like conservation and education going on.
0: Yeah. I, there's some, some proactive movements, uh, happening, uh, and it has had some positive impact. There have been shark sank sanctu- I guess what you can call shark sanctuaries basically, you know, no fishing zones for, for sharks. Uh, so that has had some tangible benefits, but not enough. Uh, you know, you, you look at a whale shark, Think couldn't hurt you if it tried. I mean, maybe it could bump into you and hurt you, but um, it wouldn't be intentional. Uh, they're fished on the open market, especially in Asia, but even uh, in the international waters by U.S. trawlers, French trawlers, et cetera, by you know uh, Western trawlers, and sold on on the market. And you know, a, a fin for a. a, a a whale shark is about 30,000 ish US dollars on the market but the value of that whale shark in tourism dollars over its lifespan is about 1.1 $1. 1 to $1. 1.2 million dollars mm. so it really you know if you want to interpret that story it's really about the few stealing from the many right because for $30,000 they're they're permanently eliminating that animal killing it and selling it on the the black market for an immediate need for their bosses, or immediate economic benefit for their bosses, versus the million dollars for all those smaller businesses that can benefit from it over its lifespan. So uh, there's a lot that we still need to think about in this particular process.
1: Mm. Uh, Recently in the news, like everybody's getting excited about the pictures from the Webb telescope, kind of showing all the universes out there and i know we really haven't explored the oceans as much like everybody just imagines well it's water we got submarines we've explored it (laughs) (laughs) it's playing out there is there something coming up out there you're aware of or projects that you might be working on where it can kind of Add to like the exploration and kind of get people more interested into the oceans.
0: Jeez, Michael, that was a that was a softball. That was a layup. Uh, <laughs> yes, there are a lot of really really awesome projects out there, and and for those who think that we've explored everything in the ocean, uh, of if you take all of modern day ocean exploration to date, we've explored less than seven percent of our ocean world to any extent. Uh, and yes, we're mapping the bottom and everything else, but it's like saying, okay, I've been to uh, Princeton, New Jersey by by looking at a, a paper map of Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, it's just not the same thing. Um, being there and exploring and taking samples and uh, understanding the dynamics and so on and so forth is is a whole world apart. So we have a lot left to discover. And the only way we'll get to that extreme environment is by either adapting technologies for space exploration or inventing new technologies to getting down there. Uh, there are submarines or submersibles more specifically, Submarines are for military use. Submersibles are for scientific use uh, and recreational use. Um, There are AUVs, so autonomous vehicles. There are uh, probes and sensors and things like that. Uh, But even with all those tools, uh, diving and so on and so forth, we explored less than 7%. So uh, one of my uh, upcoming projects is actually building the International Space Station of the Ocean so that we can not only visit the bottom of the ocean through those different technologies or or as a diver, but actually staying down there for extended periods of time to do uh, extensive research. And the reason for that is back a few years, I executed a mission called Mission 31. You could check it out online. Uh, The... Uh, Point of it was to see if an underwater habitat, a marine lab, was useful. And what we ended up uh, doing uh, was uh, three years worth of equivalent research as opposed to uh, a boat stationed above doing the same kind of research in 31 days. Uh, And that resulted in 12 research papers and so on and so forth. Um, And it gave us a much better insight on the dynamics of the ocean and the health of the ocean in that particular region. What was also really cool is we were able to reach over 100,000 students live from the bottom of the sea in those 31 days. So we had kids. a field study in uh, Antarctica that called in so they they were studying uh glacier melt in Antarctica and we were down at the bottom of the sea and we were talking about climate change related issues and all that and how dynamically that affects us you know in various ways us meaning human beings in various ways uh we had a group in China we had a group in the American Museum of Natural History all that so that was the testing bed. And now uh, upcoming in the next uh, few years, we'll be building a much more extensive research station, about 10 times the size uh, that's modular, upgradable, that's capable of housing bigger, um, bigger number of personnel uh, of researchers, as well as adventurers. Sometimes we'll have a VIP diver for those who are interested Uh, and all the equipment necessary. I mean, you know, it's, it's the real life Atlantis, if you will, uh, for, you know, if you want an image in your head. Uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, it's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be a pretty awesome adventure. And hopefully we'll be bringing back some really valuable data for everyone.
2: That's pretty cool. Um, a couple months ago, we had um, Wyatt Earp's uh, great grandson on the podcast, mm-hmm. and he was a you know, he, he ended up kind of in the family business. He's a rodeo, you know, into all sorts, everything rodeo. So I, I got to ask you, you know, you can't have you on without asking you about your grandfather. Now, you're the first grandson of Jacques. Um, how much time did you have with him? Um, and can you just, like, tell us what he was like? And, and was was the interest in the ocean ingrained in you? Like, Like, did he take you under his wing and and show you or was that something you kind of learned on your own, too, by happenstance? Give us the kind of what the world was like with your grandfather through your eyes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well uh the the child inside of me doesn't want me to say this but i'm I'm a bit of an old fart in a sense uh, <laughs> uh i've i had a chance to spend the first 30 years of oh. my life with my grandfather oh, so
2: man. 30 wow. i've
0: been scuba diving since i was four on expedition since i was seven and the best place for us to really get together as a family is on expedition because they were ongoing 24 7 uh and uh that was really the classroom growing up but it was also the family gathering and uh got a chance to spend a lot of time with my grandfather uh it was a huge influence of course on my trajectory as well as my parents but someone who's never named and should be is my grandmother my grandmother who's married to my grandfather uh as they called her uh, Simone Cousteau was um the true captain of Calypso she was on Calypso uh and on expedition more than my father my uncle and my grandfather combined uh she she was uh the shepherdess so to speak uh, of, um, of the crew and, and, and of our family Uh, and a a large part of the reason why my grandfather was so, uh, so successful.
1: Uh, you know, going, I love going to the Atlanta aquarium all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of curious, like everybody gravitates to a certain kind of, uh, water life and I love the seals, some people go to the sharks, the whales, can you tell us about some kind of sea creature that we probably haven't heard about that's like like crazy interesting to you that comes from that? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sure you've heard about it uh, I I always gravitate towards uh whenever I'm asked what's always, what kind of sea creature fascinates me uh and that's uh, the uh the octopus. Nah, uh, everyone's seen the octopus, but they're so damn cool. I mean, they're so smart. When I was a teenager and I was on, uh, on Alcyon i 'm sorry, on uh, Calypso, uh, we were in uh, the Mediterranean, and we had a common octopus in one tank well, I shouldn't say "we, I was just a deckhand, but the, the um, researcher was had a common octopus in one tank, uh, some crustaceans in another, some fish in another, and so on. He was doing various experiments and just logging and stuff like that and um one night, you know, everything went, was checked out. Everyone went to bed, everything else. And he woke up the next morning and looked at his tanks and the crustaceans were gone. The, the the lobster were gone. And he thought, you know, I mean, this is, you know, this is a crew of 25 people. And, you know, you're on expedition for months at a time. You start messing with each other and, and just playing practical jokes. So, of course, he thought someone ate my lobster. <laughs> well, this time you put more lobster in, put uh, lids on the tanks, bricks on the lids had a watched all night on the a, on a closed circuit monitors on the bath deck. And lo and behold, the octopus that was in that tank took the bricks off the lid, scooted the lid over, nope. went down under the gunnel I mean, onto the floor, scooted up and into the other tank, right? Did the reverse in the other tank, ate the lobster. And instead of either staying in that tank, slithering out the gunnel and into freedom or what have you, that octopus got back out, closed that lid, <laughs> went back on the floor, crawled across, got into his tank, closed that lid. And I looked at this and I looked at the, the research. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe the octopus is teaching you to feed it for free. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, I've seen those things, those videos of them getting out of jars and able to twist jars open. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They're, they're picking football games correctly. Uh, aliens.
0: I- <laughs> no, uh, I don't sure. Okay. Yeah, but they're, they're I mean, they're, they're aliens. They're awesome creatures. Thank God they don't live very long. You know, I mean, they live anywhere from six months to about five years, depending on the species. Really? But, uh, you know, you could imagine that they would take over the world if they lived as long as we did.
2: Yeah, they're, they're definitely smarter than I am, so
1: I, I'd be intimidated researching them. Um, Scott <laughs> gets caught in lobster not tanks not all the time. You know, not not red job. lobster to yell at him. can't get my hand out. You know? <laughs> So, so what
2: keeps you, what keeps you motivated? Like, um, you know, you've been doing this for so long. Your family's been doing this for so long. Like what keeps you motivated kind of on, you know, that focus on the ocean as far as, I don't know, maybe you want to go do something else or maybe your, your interests lie elsewhere, or maybe you feel like you've done it all. Um, What keeps you kind of like, okay, this is my mission in life. Or do you have no clue what, why this uh. just fascinates
0: you? there 's so much still left out there yeah. uh, I don't, uh, thankfully uh, i won 't ever be done uh, i won 't ever retire, uh, much to the dismay of my wife, which i 'm sure you 've seen go by behind me uh, the I thought that was an there are several device. things that motivate several <laughs> <laughs> things that motivate me uh, one is the thrill of adventure the thrill of of opening a pandora's box and every time you go down there it's a soap a soap opera unfolding in front of your eyes i mean it's literally a fireworks display of life it's and it's all alien it's all weird it's all crazy and and the more you stay down there the longer you stay down the more you start revealing some of the little secrets and it's really pretty cool uh the second aspect is looking to my child's eyes right and saying i can't leave this place the way i found it and especially the way we're we're what we're doing to it because i i want her to be able to uh take back a planet that's in better state than i found it and so there's a lot of work to be done there uh it's certainly not on just one individual to do that. I mean, as a global community, we have to pitch in. But there's uh, there's opportunity there. There's a lot of opportunity. You know, whether it's uh, pushing for uh, renewable energies like OTEC, ocean thermal energy conversion, which is amazing energy source, yeah. to uh, and a proven one. Uh, to uh, looking at uh, new innovative approaches on uh, what we do as consumers, what how we act every day with regard to our world, or just changing language, just our basic language. Let's stop calling it seafood. Let's start calling it sea life. Because just that little underlying subliminal message gives us uh the understanding there's a tangible value there right to to these things so um it, there's a lot to be done there's a lot to be done a lot of approaches and and i really uh am excited to see that today's society is getting more and more engaged and um uh, more concerned for a very good reason uh and and wants to do something so um yeah but there's a lot of work to be done but i'm i'm hopeful.
1: That's awesome. Uh, since we're coming up on time, Fabian, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, your whole family, for <laughs> educating us and entertaining us for right. so many years. You've all done amazing work, and we all appreciate it. If uh, people want to find about your future projects or what's going on, where can they uh, find you and help out?
0: well there's all the social media channels of course um you know it's f Cousteau, so my first initial and my last name uh or there's uh, proteus ocean group uh or you can just google proteus which is uh one of the big projects the one i mentioned uh the, the international space agency and then there's the ocean learning center uh if you want to pitch in or uh, of course we're always grateful for donations or, or volunteers or what have you uh and uh worst thing you can do is be passive and not do something whether it's with us or by yourselves or in your own community get out there do something it's actually not it's it's not uh just a a a duty and responsibility it's a lot of fun most of the time it's very rewarding emotionally and um and also you, you you feel like um like you have done something and you want most people want to do it again so yeah. if you do it right you do it again
2: <laughs> Fabian thank you thank you for the time I hope the next time we have you on we're podcasting from the underwater uh, space station we'll, we'll we'll podcast back and forth with you under the ocean um, last question before you go um, because you've been surrounded by the ocean your entire life and your family life do people like assume you would be like a sick wakeboarder and like amazing <laughs> like do they just think you'd be
0: like a natural and are you a natural at any of those things uh, i love water sports uh i am unfortunately uh don't have enough experience in each water sports to say i'm good at it <laughs> i'm just good enough to fall uh I, i'm okay at windsurfing uh i, su- I always want to do too. some kite kiteboarding yeah. um, i'm terrible surfer uh i'm a passable <laughs> swimmer and diver <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 there's a whole bucket list of things I, I still want to do. Uh, I would love to get my pilot's license. Uh, I would love to get. Officially, my submarine license, <laughs> my submersible license. Um, there's
1: not a lot of cops down there, so you yeah, don't yeah, have to worry yeah, about getting yeah, pulled yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: yet, not yet. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. not. Hopefully, not. Officially, sea officially. cops. Yeah,
2: sounds like a pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty bad movie, but I'd watch it. Um, yeah, I didn't know if you get like the tall guy. Like I'm a tall guy, and people think I'm just like good at basketball. It's it's just not right. true, you know. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I'm not good. at that uh jeez i'm not good at a lot of stuff too but yeah. i try i if if i'm not good at it i i try twice as hard uh, just to hurt myself i don't know yeah. uh but mm. but i don't let it stop me i
2: I've, I've been wanting to try to kite surfing for years now but it's like it's like pretty expensive for a lesson and then i'm like then i gotta buy all the gear and it just become i know it's gonna become this hobby that overtakes my life and my wife yeah. and son are not gonna have a father around so um it, I,
0: I gotta put that on hold it takes time and money yeah, yeah it's it's yeah that's why i don't ride motorcycles anymore it's just uh i have a slight addiction uh <laughs> nine classic motorcycles and i'll just sit here oh. unfortunately so huh. Well, Fabian this yeah. just amount of time, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: Fabian, thank you so much for your time, man. I really enjoyed the interview. Really enjoyed uh, talking to you. Would love to have you on again in the future. And good luck with all the projects you're doing. And uh, thanks again for joining the podcast for a few minutes.
0: Anytime. Looking forward to uh, speaking with you down under.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Fabian Cousteau, uh, Mike, you think like, you think like years from now, people will be interviewing like our grandchildren you're like oh man like you were you were related to michael Burlew. what's that like
1: uh, i mean considering my age and my current status unless <laughs> Callie has some babies uh I don't, i'm not sure they're gonna really get much from that um maybe like a third cousin of mine or something like that
2: you were related to michael Burlew. who the fuck is that <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got the twenty three and Me results, so technically you're right. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about after this. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: Uh, now, if if you were, how many days do you think you could do underwater, no training, but you can go to that cool like space station underwater? How how many days could you last?
1: I'm going to say a week. Whoa. I I I think I can live with that. I mean. I mean, you knew me when I was single. I would just like stay in the apartment anyway. So I think, You're like, can I, one- can
2: I bring my glass head with me? <laughs> make me, <laughs> <laughs> make
1: me Did feel. You see a fish take off with it? No! <laughs> Not again! Make
2: me feel more at home in my love. A week, yeah. I, I don't think I would last very long. I The deep sea Deep is tough for me, man. I don't know. Like, the older I'm getting and the more, like, uh, like I remember going on like a deep sea fishing trip at night and that freaked me out a little bit man. I was kind of like this th- this damn ocean thing is huge and scary and and lonely and dark and wet and there's big sea creatures all over the place. I don't know yeah. how much I would enjoy it.
1: See, that's why your sea adventure TV show didn't go anywhere, Scott. That was oh, yeah. your pilot episode. They're like, I'm not sure how much further we can go with this, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like, describe what you're seeing. I'm like, it's wet and cold and scary. And, um, yeah, I these, don't like it. There's some big sea beasts here.
1: Um you <laughs> Scott sea adventure? The wharf again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I can last. That's that's why I leave it to guys like like Fabian to, to, to do, do do those things
1: okay another question so he was in that that little submarine where it's basically the size of a shark so he's cramped in there how mm-hmm. long do you think he can go examining sharks and that thing um an hour
2: and 13 minutes Ooh. i can't i don't again the older i'm getting i don't like like real closed spaces anymore i don't like the deep ocean anymore
1: um can i get into a fat Short <laughs> submarine. Yeah, you get right. something where like I have a cup holder if I want to get a yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, you
2: got to you, gotta, you gotta, and a bottle
1: opener too because I, I can't bring a water bottle. It's not going to work. You
2: got like a sperm whale submarine. I, I need <laughs> I need something a little a little bigger like, for my. I it to
1: be like a fancy hotel in there. Okay, I mean I'm an adventurer, but I need at least four stories to deal with.
2: Okay, I don't know you. You could sit in one of those t- disgusting submarines.
1: And then probably, I'm guessing I'd give myself twenty to thirty minutes. I at some yeah. point, yeah, I'd just be like, "What am I doing?" I, I think more than anything, I I would probably like mess up like the mechanics and like the. Sharks start fish tailing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Where I'd be more annoyed and aggravated and wanting to get out <laughs> versus anything. You'd be like trying the sharks would just be like, what is wrong with this?
2: You'd be like, why is the submarine trying to pet us over and over again? Why is he saying you're a good boy? Over the over the speaker system, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I remember going on like school field trips to like the Intrepid, like the uh, the big uh, cruise carrier that was in New York uh-huh. City. And I remember going into like the bunks back then and being like, oh my God, it's so small. And then like they'd have a uh, either there or like a museum I went to had a submarine you go in, and I wanted no real part of it back then. Never mind like close to 40 years old. I'm done. With, I think I'm done with small, cramped spaces like that. <laughs>
1: That kind of reminds me uh like, boat trips when I was a kid. I remember we had a school trip where we took a boat, and we were supposed to see the Statue of Liberty. And I and we would all got fascinated with, like, chasing the seagulls away.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. like,
1: I, I just carried on with doing it. Like, everybody else <laughs> passed away. And the trip was over, and I was like, man, it, man we never got close to the Statue of Liberty. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? There was... We were, like, passing it for an hour, Burlu. And then I got all sad and all, <laughs> you know, I was, like, crying on the bus. <laughs> didn't,
2: didn't wait, wait, wait. You were crying on the bus because you missed yeah. the Statue of Liberty because you were too-
1: because yeah, I came to realization I was so infatuated with chasing the birds <laughs> that I didn't pay attention to actually uh. look out the window. Uh. Uh-huh. And then I felt bad, like, because I was the only one on the trip that didn't see the Statue of Liberty <laughs> on the trip to see the Statue of Liberty.
2: So you missed, like, the 300-foot green woman that holds a torch because uh-huh. you were being like, come here, buddy,
1: come here. Like, like <laughs> No, I, I wasn't, come here, buddy. It was just funny. It's like, oh, there's more birds, but yeah, just running, running after them. So they fly out the boat. But, um, um yeah, I never paid attention to Put my head up and see the science of Liberty. No, <laughs> and then I cried afterwards. I'll never see it again. I'm never going to be this close.
2: Um, <laughs> did you end up getting to see it in your in your older older age?
1: I never. Got, I mean, I've seen it from across the way. I've taken wait wait wait. Very wait. So the
2: closest you've been was when you were chasing seagulls till this day.
1: Yeah, I've never done like the uh, trip to the island. Like I, one of my guys from India came over and he brought it up, and I'm like, and I think it was like uh, it was one of them holidays, like Memorial Day or something like that. I'm like, dude, I, I even if it's running, I highly doubt. That they have openings.
2: Hey, Michael, um, what do you think of the statue living? A lot of seagulls, man. A lot of birds. A lot it, of birds. It's
1: a big mystery. <laughs> the statue of Liberty. Nobody knows what it looks like, man. But the birds—they <laughs> run away when you—you got to be pretty fast. You got to make <laughs> sure they all run away.
2: <laughs> oh, the, I see. the The funny part of the story. I love that you. You missed the Statue of Liberty, but it's even funnier that you're crying because you missed it because you were chasing seagulls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've cried twice on field trips. The other time was we went to the Edison Museum, if mm-hmm. I recall, and I my parents gave me like some money to get We were by the light bulbs. <laughs> I was chasing pigeons the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> they're the last squirrels in the front lawn (laughs) but uh, we went to like the Edison Museum and my parents gave me money and I was like super excited I'm like I'm gonna gonna get souvenirs I'm gonna uh, get some for my parents and all I got some I got like four or five different things. I was super pumped, and oh,
2: I can't wait for those days where I'm giving my son like twenty bucks to go buy me a fucking pen from the. Uh, oh yeah, uh, 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 from some place that I already paid for him to go. Easily, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: but um, I forget. We we stopped off somewhere for lunch. And then we're back in the bus and we get back to the school and I've looked around like, oh my God, I think I left at like McDonald's or something like that, all my souvenirs. Oh, no. And I just, I'm like, oh, I just started bawling on that. Mom, I, I cannot get you an in pan light bulb. I cannot give it to you. <laughs> my dad's never going to know who invented the light bulb now. <laughs> we're going to live in the dark. <laughs> And I'm never gonna catch that squirrel. I told him I'm gonna get you one day. I'm gonna come back when I'm older to the Edison Museum. I'm gonna get him and your children.
2: I, I, I remember in high school we went to Baltimore to the um, science museum or aquarium or something like that. Oh yeah, and they That's let true. us they let us go out for lunch for two hours, and we went to Hooters. There was, there was like, there was like uh, eight to ten of us were like, let's go to Hooters, and um, it was like a school field trip, and everyone was like, oh my god, you guys went to Hooters, and I was like, yeah, I went to Hooters. Like back then, that was very, very exciting yeah. stuff.
1: You were like the cool kids, so, Oh, yeah. 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 We're telling me about the waitress, man. She had big Hooters. Mm.
2: She had big Hooters. That's why they come. Oh, <laughs> I wish I went, man. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like field trips are like nothing like that anymore. They're like so organized and and, and maintained and, and and uh taken care of like you can't go anywhere.
1: We we did one to Hershey Park and we were on like the tram where they it's like learn how we make chocolate.
2: Yeah, and, and you we were tired. looking the, you were looking the other way at the Seagull and you're like, I missed all the <laughs> chocolate <laughs>
1: that was one trip (laughs) you're never gonna let me down on that one but um like we were so like the five of us that were in the car and we were jumping out and we're like pounding on the windows like workers were looking at us they're making like minimum wage making chocolate (laughs) like Twelve-year-old kids just like pounding on it. Ah, give me a Hershey kiss, buddy. Hey. <laughs> Hershey kiss, this motherfucker. You know, like <laughs> yeah,
2: um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, I remember like my mom like signing up to be a chaperone. I think on the intrepid trip that I'm thinking about, and like the goal of the kids was like run away from your chaperone as far as possible, and. Like, oh, yeah, now I'm thinking like, as a parent, I'm like, I want to be in charge of six kids at a at a battleship <laughs> you know, like no way, like I could barely control my own kid, um like having six other kids like and be in charge of them and keep them one one piece. I don't think I'm ever signing up to be a chaperone.
1: Yeah, they, there's only so many child leashes you can connect to yourself where <laughs> you're not going to be able to control the situation right there.
2: You know, Fabian Castillo was talking about octopus, and I know there's an octopus online that uh, that picks football games. Mm-hmm. What if we? Uh, do you do you think you're smarter than an ocu- octopus?
1: And just in sports relations, or yeah, in general? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stick to one topic. I can't topic. believe I failed that quiz in that <laughs> octopus. I what, didn't know that was Idaho. What, what ah. about
2: what about picking football games? You think you can compete with an octopus?
1: It's hard to say. I mean if you if you look back in my history, I, I declared that the Washington football team was going to the Super Bowl last year.
2: Yeah, that was pretty I bad. But we, we knew that was gonna end crash and burn. That was pretty tough. Yeah
1: i remember being. please on tell gear. me you're
2: picking them this year again
1: not for super bowl <laughs> no. uh, i can see them low wild card maybe but even then that's a little stretch oh. i also remembered like one time we were talking going into a season and i'm like i don't be joking about the browns i think they'll be decent oh and 16. <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to sean kaiser uh Clearly, I was not a good like, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, um, I'm just like anybody else. I think I know a good game, and then when it comes to actually making money, it's like, nope.
2: So, like, do you think over a season you could beat an octopus in the 16 games, uh, 17 games of the season?
1: I would love the opportunity to go for it. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, I I think I got enough knowledge to beat that sea creature but um you know right. it's, it remains to be seen and all it's like that octopus knew about the injury report he got fed stuff so what
2: if we do a challenge where you have to beat an octopus um and if you lose um you have to write a song called I'm dumber than an octopus
1: I'm 100% down with all right <laughs> I've been craving doing different <clears throat> stuff, so I'm almost praying I go over 16 and have to write this song.
2: I'm doing an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also I also should probably like do research before I start talking on here because I don't even know if that octopus still exists. But I know he like picked the Super Bowl and and whatnot. But if not, if it's not an octopus, we'll find one of those animals uh, one of those like morning bits they do. Uh, where where they, they pick pick a team. But we'll, we'll, we'll take your pick each week prior, um, and we'll see if you're better than um, an animal at
1: picking football games. I, I look forward to it. I am the superior animal, and I'm going to teach that chinchilla a lesson. Yeah. But, uh, you know,
2: we kind of ran out of time here. Um, I do have some Germany stories, some vacation stories and whatnot, but uh, I don't want to keep you guys, uh, you know, we'll save some, considering we haven't really um, been podcasting too much. So I want to, you know. We've
1: had some time. We're gaining some stuff. Let's just say – some erotic fan fiction may be coming in the near
2: future. Oh, more They're erotic, possibly. erotic fan fiction.
1: Retu- that's the that's a teaser.
2: Returning know, like- erotic fan fiction.
1: Okay, okay, I don't okay. know when it's going to drop, but when it
2: does, well, all right. Well, the fans are, are either looking forward to it or dreading that 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 moment. But uh, burlo anything to promote before we get on out of here?
1: Uh, as I've been running around with my puppies, and I love them, we came across another coffee house that's really amazing in Kennesaw, Georgia, and it's called the Lazy Labrador Coffee House. Uh, they, oh. they, they, they brew their coffees, they make delicious hot, cold, frozen drinks and all. I had the Nutella peanut butter Iced coffee was absolutely amazing. They have lots of uh, <clears throat> uh, materials with uh, animals. They sell the shirts. They have a little dog park in the back. So if you're one of those doggy mommy daddies that want to go out and get a fresh cup of coffee and chill with the dogs, you could do that and have a blast of a time in Kennesaw. Lazy Labrador Coffee. House.
2: How cute. And I will promote... Uh two things coming up for verbal shenanigans here back on the comedy scene um we've been at a top house for for a little while got a little weird covid then i got a little, little weird with my schedule but we are coming back with m- multiple shows scheduled throughout the fall and winter but the first one back is september 22nd um it is 49 dollars all um Everything is covered. You got a appetizer, a meal, a dessert, and a kick-ass comedy show headliner: Ked Crantz, Mike Sicoli, and the host Rick Rich McDonald from McDonald and Carney. And myself will be at that show. And then we um, we are performing at a new venue um, here in North Jersey. Um, called Factory Records. Um, there's a record store up here in Dover, New Jersey, and they have this really sweet lounge where they've been doing like musical acts and whatnot. Um, so we are going to be trying a comedy, two comedy shows out there on the 14th of October. Um, I don't have the times yet, but we will be doing two shows that night. And I believe the lineup will be me, Joe Fernandez, Matt Jenkins, and Angela Sharp. So uh, it is a really cool little spot. So let's get that going and, and support a new room.
1: All jokes aside, it's two solid lineups. I, I know 90% of people you just said are all awesome comedians. I'm just a little concerned doing a comedy show and a record place mm-hmm. you're stepping on mickey locious territory <laughs> <favorite>. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i know all yeah. you and me understand that maybe we'll explain <coughs> that again another day but, yep. uh, that's uh, some scary grounds yeah. you're going on tough man.
2: turf tough turf tough turf uh scotty knows scotty knows best uh scotty who um Anyway, guys, uh, I want to thank Fabian Casteau for coming on. It's good to be back. Good to fire up these mics again. Uh, We will certainly try to get this out every week from this point forward. Um, And if it's two weeks, then, um, you know, uh, either I had the shits or I went away somewhere else. But uh, other than that, guys, life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back.
1: Bye-bye. Everybody remember, chase your dreams, not seagulls, because then you won't see your dreams.